So Tom Brady was almost a dolphin and he might have become an owner and a player is a wild thing. We got to talk about it here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Luke Braun. I'm here on Tuesdays. I'm, I'm of Locked On Vikings and from Locked On Commanders, Locked On Bucks. We got David Harrison in to talk about. I'm so glad I have you here because the first thing we have to talk about here on the Locked On NFL podcast, and thank you for making it your first listen or maybe first watch every single day, is this weird Tom Brady rumor. I think it's from Florio. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit of draft stuff. We're going to talk about maybe Malik Willis going higher than everybody has him. There's an interesting mock draft from Jordan Reed at ESPN that had him going number two. We got to talk about that. And uh, some other spicy draft takes. It's going to get more and more unhinged as this one goes on, as it always does here on Tuesdays on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Let's talk about the Tom Brady thing. So as I understand it, uh, Florio has been reporting on this that there was some flirtation, I guess, between Tom Brady and the Miami Dolph before Brady yeah. announced his retirement initially. And then he retired the day after the Brian Flores lawsuit dropped with the tanking and, and the like racism allegations and all of that stuff. Um, and then that day he announced his retirement. And then what, 40 days after that, he decided, well, maybe I will play. I'll just play for, for Tampa again. Um, did I I get that right? And help me out. What is going on here? That's insane. Yeah. So basically, I mean, the, the entire story is as much as we can piece together from the quote unquote reports that have been put out there is that at some point in time, Tom Brady met with the Dolphins ownership and and they basically struck a deal that he was going to officially retire from the NFL by a minority stake of the Miami Dolphins. They would then approach the New Orleans Saints about trading for the rights to Sean Payton, uh, right. make that trade, hire Sean Payton to be the head coach. Then Tom would approach the Buccaneers and say, listen, I'm now going to come out of retirement and play for the Dolphins, so I need you to trade me basically my mm-hmm. rights to to trade for myself, trade himself to Miami, and then I guess become a player owner of, of the Miami Dolphins, which I'm not even sure is allowed anymore, to be honest with you. But that was basically the, the scheme that was cooked up. And Tom Brady's retirement on February 1st, the, the day that Brian Flores' lawsuit also dropped, was supposed to be, according again, according to Florio, the first domino in this string of events that was going to happen. And then Flores's uh, lawsuit basically kept all that from happening because now they're embroiled in all this controversy and there's all these things going on. And then you see Mike McDaniel get hired later on, which is funny because Mike was actually asked at the owners meetings if he had ever had any conversation with anybody inside the building about trading for Tom Brady. And he very emphatically was like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be a thing. Well, if Florio's reports are true, it's because all this other stuff was lining up before Mike was ever talked about, about being a head coach Mm -hmm. of the Miami Dolphins. So of course he doesn't know anything or what isn't involved uh, directly in it. Now, a lot of people are passing this off as conspiracy conjecture and all this other stuff. Uh, You know, it's just, it's just very interesting to talk about, but then uh, basically Tom with everything blowing up with Miami says, okay, fine. Well, I want to play anyway. So I'll come back basically got to suck it up and play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now Bruce Arians retires. So that's where all those conspiracies tie. It's just, Uh. it's, it's an amazing thing in one way or another. 
Uh, I think that the NFL fan, public, media, everybody involved in football deserves a 30 for 30 on what happened this offseason because it's it's just very intriguing stories going around. And, and you know as well as I do, Luke, there's got to be like – I'm not saying it's all true. I'm not saying that it was all like uh, you know a hair away from, from Tom Brady playing for the Miami Dolphins. But this story is coming from somewhere, and I want to know the source of where this thing starts. Well, as uh, a former Viking, current Buffalo Bill once famously said, there's truth to all rumors. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Like, th- there's so much to process about it. Like, how would you work out in a modern day and age how a player ownership thing would work? But I guess it would be Tom Brady, right? And then it's like, wait, and Sean Payton maybe was going to, and then he just kind of retired instead. Right. Um, or halfway retired, because we all know he's coming back someday. Um, and then... Like, how would that trade have worked out? Would Tampa have played along with this? Would they have really had a choice? Because, you know, it's like how much it, I think it really would have tested just how much command Tom Brady has over professional football, yeah. which I mean, look, he is the goat. He's the guy like he's if anybody has the ability to push the envelope of how much control a player can have, it's Tom Brady. But like, my goodness, that would have been insane. Yeah, it, it's just it's kind of I, I would like to hear what. If this is all true, of course, I would like to hear what the the speculated trades were going to be because the yeah. Saints are going to give up Sean Payton without high draft capital in return. You know, you're kind of looking at what John Gruden uh, drew from the Buccaneers for the for the Raiders, and then same thing with Tom Brady. Like I know he's older, and I know he's probably only got a year, maybe two left uh, under his belt. I mean, you know, with Tom Brady, it could be five, but the Buccaneers are still not going to want to let him go for say mid round draft capital. You're still talking, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's just it's a lot of draft capital. Uh, the Dol- the Dolphins don't get Tyreek Hill in this whole situation uh, as well. So then his receivers, his receiving group isn't really all that great either. And and yeah, there's some free agents out there, but you know how many of them are really going to come to Miami just to play with Tom? Like Devontae still goes to Vegas. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like it's just it's it's just a weird scenario. I don't think it winds up with Brady having near the chance he has to ride off in sunset as champion uh, like he does with the Buccaneers. But I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's all true, depending on what happens with the, the Flores lawsuit, I know other other coaches are now joining in on it. And if it gets resolved by then, like if, if Tom Brady buys a minority stake of the Miami Dolphins in 2023, then maybe it just basically confirms. And, and by the way, Florio, his latest report, uh, he unveiled that he did have secret sources inside the Dolphins organization confirming to him that all these things were taking place. So now not only is he kind of standing by his claim and his story, but he's also saying that people inside the building are the ones that gave him the story. So that kind of adds a little bit more of a layer and maybe a little bit more credibility. But we know how these things work without a smoking gun, without, you know, the Dolphins owner or GM or somebody coming on saying, yes, this was going to happen, uh, which is is tampering, so it'll never happen. Um, no, you know, there's always going to be the group that doesn't believe it, the group that does believe it, and kind of the group where I sit, I think, where it's like, Crazier things have happened in the NFL world. For sure. You know what I mean? So it, I guess there's this exact thing happened Yeah, with Brett Favre. Like yeah. he retired yeah. and then he comes out of retirement, gets out of his contract, gets traded to the other conference and then goes and play for plays for a rival. Like it's Minnesota. the same deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am familiar. They brought him. <laughs> they brought out the helicopter for him and everything. Yeah. Um, it's and and what's wild about it is all of that if true, would have been breaking the rules, which we know yeah. the Dolphins don't have a problem with anyways. So right. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. But just what's going on in that organization from the tanking allegations and the lawsuit and, and all these people named and what's going to happen with Stephen Ross, all of that stuff. Uh, it is 
a weird time to be a Miami Dolphins fan, especially because they've also gone out and done like a Tyreek Hill trade and all this other crazy right. stuff. And they're like building up this team that you don't know what, what you're actually going to see on Sundays. And it could be something way more exciting and is too. like there's so many questions around the Dolphins. They're just this like pure enigma right now. Uh, and hey, if you think you have an idea how that's going to turn out, why don't you go bet on it at Bet Online, where regular wins, to, uh, win totals, regular season win totals are up. You can bet on anything there. You could have been betting on the Masters if you wanted to. Uh, you can bet on pro basketball, pro hockey playoffs starting up for that for all that stuff right away. Here, uh, you've got. I think there's a playing game for the NBA like today on on Tuesday um, as this releases. So that's super exciting. There's golf, tennis, MMA. You can even play your favorite Vegas casino games. All news, props, odds. You can even build your weird parlays in their player prop builder or bet on stuff live. Bet in the middle of games. So head on over to betonline.net. Get a gambling at BetOnline, where the game starts. So it's draft season. That means the Locked On NFL Podcast Network is doing some very, very cool stuff. We have the Odyssey Ultimate Mock Draft. We've been doing this for a couple of years now, um, where all of us Locked On hosts got together and did a mock draft representing our own teams. That is all very fun. Trades allowed. Chaos allowed. Really, some really interesting surprises on that board. Really excited to share that stuff with you. And then we also have our live coverage. All three days, we are going to be covering the uh, the NFL draft live. So if you're sick of listening to Mel Kuyper say outdated things, come listen to Locked On stuff instead. Maybe go check that out. You can find the Ultimate Mock Draft on Odyssey and also on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast feed. Um, and you can find the live coverage on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page at 7 Eastern on uh, on day one of the draft, 6.30 Eastern on day two of the draft, and 11.30 a.m. Eastern on day three of the draft. Speaking of that draft, I want to talk to you about a mock draft, seven-round mock draft that's sort of taken the world by storm from Jordan Reed at ESPN. Uh, and he had an interesting thought about taking Malik Willis, number two, to the Detroit Lions instead of them doing Kayvon Thibodeau or whatever. Um, how do you feel about them going for one of these quarterbacks instead of maybe waiting till next year? You know, it, it's kind of a weird development that's happening just kind of recently. And, you know, uh, Jordan's not the first and he's not going to be the last. He's just kind of the most recent, you know, Trevon Walker. Uh, out of Georgia was kind of one of the the most recent fast risers. He's got him going number seven in the New York Giants. But then there's yeah Malik Willis going to Liberty or uh, going to Detroit from Liberty. I don't hate the thought process because if you're the Detroit Lions, like we all know what the Cincinnati Bengals did. And I think every NFL fan, they kind of get caught up in these Cinderella moments and stories uh, and say, you well, you know, my team can do that. And I mean, I remember after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl following the, the 2020 NFL season, a lot of people are saying, well, now everybody's going to try to copy the Buccaneers blueprints. Well, the Buccaneers blueprint was have the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, be a free agent and want to come to your team. That's that's <laughs> not you can't duplicate that. You can't replicate that from any strategic standpoint. So when you're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals as well, I mean, there, there's no number one quarterback that was selected a year or two years ago that has a number one caliber wide receiver coming out of the draft this year. So, it, again, it's it's kind of an enigma. Uh, and, and then you look at the Los Angeles Rams, and that's why, you know, Russell Wilson's getting the capital. Even Carson Wentz, you can probably tra- uh, tie the Carson Wentz trade and how much the Colts got for him to what the, the Rams were able to do with Matt Stafford, bring in a veteran and kind of resurrect their career. But with Jordan or with uh, uh, Jared Goff, Jordan Goff, with Jared Goff, I think the Lions. <laughs> he has to earn I mean, his first name. Yeah, I think we've pretty much all seen enough to know that Jared Goff is not going to elevate a roster anytime soon. 
So if you're the Detroit Lions, if you're being real, you're not going to du- duplicate what the Bengals did. You're probably two or three even seasons away from really being uh, towards the top of that division. And that's what you have to do first, right? Win the division first. But you do have mm-hmm. golf for two more seasons. So you bring in Willis, who, again, has, has been on record to teams himself, saying that he knows he's not ready to start in the NFL in year one. But can you get a talent like Malik Willis in two years if you're Detroit in the first round of the NFL draft? That is not a given. What is a given is you can get him now this year, continue to stack talent around the quarterback position with later round picks, probably still be in the top five to top ten range next year and maybe even the year later, put even more top talent, blue chip talent around Malik Willis, insert him as a year three or year four quarterback. And if he if he even hits on 80% of his potential that everybody sees, you probably have a playoff contender in in Detroit finally. Yeah, look, long-time uh, Locked On NFL listeners know I am not a fan of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I cannot stand how content the Lions... And I'm not talking about Lions fans. Lions fans, you deserve better, and you, you, need, yeah, you, you should be storming Ford Field with torches and pitchforks every day uh, because they are content with not being good. And that's right. that's really where I have like they they have fallen into this rut where they're like, we'll just go with Jared Goff, I guess. And I know Brad Holmes is like weirdly the only guy in the league super sold on Jared Goff. I get it. But I think moving on is a good thing for them. The problem is, I don't know how you get take a guy like Malik Willis, who needs a year. Mm-hmm. How do you nurture a developmental prospect like that with a roster like the ones the, the one the Lions have? You know, looking at quarterbacks like that who have worked out, the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes of the world, right, that came out super raw. They had a roster around them. You know, they they were nurtured and supported when they were, and you know, Mahomes didn't even start his rookie year. Josh Allen started and it was horrible and nobody cared because we all knew it. Um, And it was, but he had talent around him and they've they've been been able to stack talent around him. My question is, if you're going to draft a quarterback right now, Will you be able to put an elite roster around them by year two? That is not with the Lions, right? Like that's impossible for the Bills and Chiefs when they did their thing. Yeah, like that's just impossible. So sure, take your stab at quarterback, right? That's the thing that can turn a franchise around and it's and it's everything. But you can't just take Malik Willis and say, okay, problem solved. You have to nurture him that getting the ceiling of Malik Willis, like the task of acquiring what you think Malik Willis can be does not end with drafting him second overall. You have to be able to unlock that talent as well. And I just don't know if the lions are equipped to do that. I I see it more going the Justin Fields route where he struggles and he's not nurtured. And you know, now how's he going to develop? And you have all these questions. You have to get your ducks in a row before you're, you're ready to do that. Otherwise you're just wasting years of the rookie contract toiling at five and 12 while you look toward, you know, Hey, maybe in two years we can have a future. That's that, that ain't it. Absolutely. And hey, look, maybe the Detroit Lions are kind of helping push this narrative and this idea because they're looking for somebody to jump up to number two uh, to get Malik themselves and give them some more draft capital as they trade back. That would be the smartest thing Detroit uh, has done since freeing Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles. Um, One of many, many draft takes, uh, Luke, and we've got more draft takes. Talk about where we share some of ours. We're also going to pull up some very interesting draft takes inspired by Doug Farrar of USA Today Sports. And we're going to do so thanks to our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of vehicles, it is literally impossible for your local parts store or your dealership to stock every part you're going to ever need, and especially the brands that you might want or target on your shopping list. Instead, 
You're going to wait while they search their computer, find the parts they happen to carry in their warehouse because they probably get a little bit of an overhead deal on carrying those parts. And that's what you're going to be stuck with. Or you can go to rockauto.com because if you have access to a computer or a phone or a friend's computer or a friend's phone, then you have access to one of the most comprehensive auto parts stores on the Internet. Why spend 30, 50, even 100 percent more for the same parts at a chain store dealership that you can find at rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low for every customer, not just professional mechanics. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So you know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Final segment here, Locked On NFL Podcast. Luke Braun, also the host of the Locked On Vikings Podcast. David Harrison here, subbing in for the great Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints Mm -hmm. Podcast. You can find me at Locked On Commanders or Locked On Bucks. A lot of Locked On happening on this episode, Luke, and a lot of hot takes happening over on Twitter, specifically in the thread started by Doug Farrar, uh, again, of USA Today Sports, at NFL underscore Doug Farrar. That's F-A-R-R-A-R. If you don't already follow him, you should be. Uh, We've seen this. this, And his books. You should be checking out his books as well. We've been seeing this, this trend on Twitter lately, Luke, where it's like, you know, we're canceling people today over breakfast take. So what is your most cancelable <laughs> breakfast take? Well, Doug kind of mimicked it, but then twisted it. What's your most heretical draft opinion this year? And I think I'm saying that right. Where basically it's what's your most ridiculous draft take this year? And he put in parentheses, I would have ranked a healthy David Ojabo above Aiden Hutchinson. So Ooh. let's let's get into a couple of these. And one that's very popular. Well, actually, first, Luke, let's talk about that one. David Ojabo, Michigan edge rusher over Aiden Hutchinson, uh, edge rusher from Michigan, who is very, very wide and large, thought to be the most likely number one overall pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think about that take uh, started by Doug? So the first time I looked at the Michigan D-line, I was looking at both of these guys, and it was before Ojabo got hurt. And I remember, and I was way too chicken to put it out there, but I remember thinking, like, I kind of like the other dude more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, here's my deal with Aiden Hutchinson is it seems to me like he needs to kind of string together. I was telling you before the the show, he he needs to string together like a four-move Hadouken combo to get by a guy. And he does that, you know, and he's very polished at it. And he's got, you know, pass rushers with a plan and he does all this really cool stuff. And it's very exciting. And he gets a lot of wins off of it um, because he can string together a four move Hadouken combo. And it's very difficult to defend that. But it's also, I don't know, just like very delicate and fragile. And if it gets disrupted, it can fall apart. And he's not like, I I don't see him often enough just get up and bend around a guy. You know, it's it's never an easy win. And I feel like. In sometimes like it feels like he has to work so hard that when you get up against NFL tackles, is that going to be available to you? And that's sort of the issue I have with Aiden Hutchinson. And it's why I kind of don't think the Jags should do it first overall. I mean, that's still like minus 300 at bet online. So mm-hmm. it seems like that's he's going to be the first overall pick. And I just don't agree with it. Uh, he, he tweeted that out 607 p.m. April 11th. So I'll even give you a timestamp on that. But Luke, before <laughs> we get out of here, let's give our. Our, our draft takes here that, oh, that yeah. might be a little I got one. cancelable. Oh, yeah. You're going to cancel me over this one. <laughs> I think only one wide receiver in this draft is worthy of being a first-round pick, and it's Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned I don't this think before we recorded. And I'm not going to cancel you for it, but I'm very interested to hear the, <laughs> the logic. So here. here's uh, the, the other guys that I see kind of typically mocked in the first round 
um, are Chris Olave, who is a very polished possession wide receiver two type. Um, he just doesn't strike me as the game changer, the the offense warping player that you're typically looking for in a first round wide receiver. Um, you know, you're looking for a Devonte Adams that you can build around. And Chris Olave seems like he can be a very effective piece of the machine. But that's a second round guy to me, yeah. um, which there's no shame in, by the way. Right. Jamison Williams, total burner, right? He's he's got see you speed. But of course, there's the ACL. I, I don't think many people would argue with me there. It's like, hey, you know, ACL, you're probably not going to take an injured guy in the first round, right? And you don't know right. how he's going to recover. If the, if, if the speed is such an important part of his game, is that going to be okay? You just don't know. And so I, he could totally work out, be the best receiver in this class, but I'm not going to risk a first rounder on it. I'm going to make a smaller bet if I'm going to take him. Um, and then there's Drake London, who to me just reminds me of Laquan Treadwell coming out in all the worst ways. He's just a guy that had to make too many contested catches. Look, his tape is really interesting because there are a lot of times where he did generate separation and, um, his quarterback Clovis just didn't throw it right. And so it kind of brought the DB back in the play. He had to make a contested catch, but I see a lot of his highlights are, are more about physicality and they aren't running routes. They're fade routes and he's boxing guys out and stuff. You don't get away with that in the NFL, especially in a world where most quarterbacks in the NFL like my team's quarterback, Kirk Cousins, will never throw the covered guy a jump, a 50-50 jump ball. It's just not their game. Um, And so unless you have like a super YOLO guy like Josh Allen that just kind of doesn't care, like (laughs) it's going to be really difficult to find success that way when you're that style of receiver. And if you look at the kinds of receivers that have come out lately that have been that style of, well, he doesn't get open, but he can box you out. Those guys are like the hit rate is abysmal. So right. I don't buy it. I'm into Garrett Wilson. I don't mind Garrett Wilson. I think if he came out in 2020, he might have been like the seventh wide out off the board. But that was a crazy draft class. Yeah. Um, but I just I just don't like any of these wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I agree to a certain extent. I do think that Garrett Wilson is benefiting from one, the Jamison Williams uh, injury and to the fact that while it's a very deep wide receiver class, it's not there's not like the Randy Moss home run hitter, the Calvin Johnson, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. type of guy out there that, that you kind of look for and say he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, in your evaluation uh, to your point about Drake London. I mean, a lot of comps and he's even said himself that he kind of models his game after Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver, Mike Evans. Uh, and that's a good guy to model your game after if you're Drake, because you're built like him, you're slow like him. Uh, you don't get, I'm saying NFL. So I couldn't beat Mike Evans in a race, anything, but um, <laughs> relatively and not right. And not a lot of separation in your routes and all those things. But here's the thing about Mike Evans, right? So Mike Evans, first of all, he's a record holder. He, he's the NFL record holder for, most consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons to start a career beating Randy Moss's record. Now he doesn't get the accolades because he's not as sexy. He's not as splashy as Randy Moss. Most of his yards have been done through grinding and hard work and not a lot of run after the catch to be quite honest with you. But there's really not a lot of Mike Evans type receivers in the NFL right now. that are having success. So Mike Evans is kind of the exception to the rule, not the rule. When you look at Drake London, is he going to be the exception or is he going to be the Laquan Treadwell to your point? And do you want to spend a first round pick on finding out or do you want to save your picks and get Drake London in the second or get a Christian Watson right. who has just as many potential questions around him as a guy like Drake London does just because of where he came from out of college and all these other things I think, or, you know, a Calvin Austin, the third or a sky Moore, or a Jalen Tolbert. Like there's right. so many high potential guys in, on, in day two that I could, I could see teams passing on wide receivers in day one on day one because of these concerns. And then uh, Traylon Burks is actually the last name I'll bring up in this part of the conversation because I was once higher on him than most people are now. Now I think a lot of people 
or higher on him than I am, which is a weird shift in dynamic. Real quick, my uh, maybe fanatical take in this whole thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, is that uh, Kyrie Elam, quarterback out of Florida, is DB or is cornerback number two behind Ahmad Sars Gardner. It's not Andrew wow. Jr. It's not Derek Stingley. It is Kyrie Elam. So are yeah. you are you of the mind? I mean, I've look, every single mock in the world has Stingley going to the Vikings. So I'm very right. steeped in Stingley. Are right. you of the mind that like you're just too worried about his absence in the last two seasons and just like we haven't seen him really play yeah. consecutively? For, like, is that is that the reason or is there something in his actual tape that is knocking him down for you? It's and the then uh, tell me more about K or Elam. Right. It's the inconsistency paired with the fact that we haven't seen much of him. So it's a little bit of an unfair evaluation because this young man hasn't really had the opportunity to prove those inconsistencies wrong and that they were the, again, the exception of the rule versus what the, what you're going to get in the player. We know he has the raw tools, the athletics, but do you draft a guy based on workouts or do you draft a guy based on tape? And every scout that I've ever talked to every, you know, former GM that does an interview, every head coach, what do they always say? You go always go back to the tape and Derek Stingley's tape is just inconsistent. And those years away, he could have matured, and some of those are because of, of immature decision-making and all that. I get that. But those years away could have improved that, but also those years away could have degraded some of his actual ability and, and some of those things. Um, I love the kid from a competition standpoint. I think he's a very competitive young man. I just think when you're looking at investing a first-round pick, Kair Elam, he doesn't have a lot of the some of the some of the sex, sexy production, but you've got the tools, you've got the athletic traits, and you can see some of those the ability that you need in NFL corner on his tape. Now you just need to make sure you have the coordinator and the coach to go out there and get him and make sure that he's in the right position. The question I would have with Kair is is he going to be receptive to that coaching or does he think he has it figured out already? Because we all know a lot of times in this league, guys that fizzle out, it's not because of their talent, it's because of their mentality. If mm-hmm. Kair Elam is open to coaching and, and open to a guy saying, look, give me all the tools you have. Let me show you how to use them to make this masterpiece. Then Kair Elam is easily, to me, the top uh, a top two corner in this year's class. I hear you. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a ceiling thing. Um, look, tomorrow, Tony and James are coming around. They're going to keep all these conversations going. Um, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast feed. Uh, especially that's where the ultimate mock draft is going to be. Make sure you tune into the YouTube channel there as well for the live show on actual draft weekend for David Harrison of locked on bucks and locked on commanders. I'm Luke Braun of locked on Vikings. Thanks for hanging out on the locked on NFL podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.